Hi, listeners. Welcome back to Motivate, the Motivation and Inspiration Podcast. I'm your host, Dahi D, and today's guest is Dr. Dennis Kimbrough talking about success. I chose this episode because I think Dr. Kimbrough did a terrific job of profiling successful people. He mentioned a few characteristics that really stood out to me. You need to have a burning desire, be driven by inner motivation, be wholeheartedly committed, and you need to have an unquenchable thirst for knowledge and self-development. Another thing that Dr. Kimbrough pointed out that stood out to me was the E to E ratio. This was something that I've never heard of before, but it's the entertainment to education ratio. He states that the average American has a ratio of 50 to 1, and I would imagine that a highly successful, highly motivated individual has a ratio that is a lot lower. So I have to ask, is your E to E ratio better or worse than the average? Well, that's it for me today. Thank you all for listening. I hope you truly enjoyed today's episode, and I hope you learned something too. I'd also recommend going to check out the full video on YouTube. This is packed full of golden nuggets. And lastly, I want to give a huge shout out to all the people who left a rating on Spotify. We finally crossed our 200 rating mark, and I couldn't be happier. Thank you all so much. You guys motivate me every day. That's enough about me. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the show. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com tech. You talked about success. You were, I was uh, just interviewed outside, and they asked me my definition of success. What is success? Success is the progressive realization of a worthy goal, a worthy ideal. It's got nothing to do with money unless that's part of your goal to make money. And I don't go around the country telling people, you got to be a millionaire, you got to be an entrepreneur, blah, blah, blah. No, that's not me. As I shared yesterday in a presentation, my books aren't about cash. My books are about courage. It takes courage to chase your dream. It takes courage to forsake today for tomorrow. It takes courage to find a new set of friends because your personal friends right now don't empower you. So what is success and how can you attain it? When I got my fancy PhD degree from Northwestern University, I didn't know what I wanted to do, but I certainly knew what I didn't want to do. Number one, I didn't want to go in the corporate world. Though I did do that for 12 years, and I am so glad that I did it because I didn't know nothing. Dallas is really home for me. Why? Because when I finished undergrad University of Oklahoma, I was the first black male in the LPD program for Texas Instruments and lived in Richardson. And from there, I went on to Smith Klein of French Pharmaceuticals. And my last three years in the corporate world, I was a consultant. Number two, you know, I didn't even want to teach. And what in the world do you do with a PhD from North? Yeah, I teach, and I'm fulfilled by it. But all I wanted to do, I wanted to find the answers to two questions. Question number one, why does one person succeed while another fails? And question number two, why is one individual rich and wealthy while another is impoverished? So what did I do? I carved out a list of 150 individuals. The list grew well past 150. They didn't know me, but I certainly knew them. I was going to meet them, 
and interview them, trying to ascertain the answers to those questions. For the most part, you name them, I probably interviewed them over a 30-year period. I found four common chords in all these men and women. Number one, they dream big dreams. They had a dream. They had a passion, something they desperately wanted to accomplish in life. What am I telling you, Dallas? I'm telling you nothing can defeat the passionate, committed mind. The passionate, committed mind cannot be defeated. If the passionate, committed mind could be defeated, I wouldn't be here. Oprah Winfrey wouldn't be here. There'd be no Bob Johnson. There'd be no Bill Gates. There'd be no Steve Jobs. I used the example yesterday. Okay, you got Kodak. Kodak came up with the digital camera. Kodak comes up with a digital camera in the 1990s, 140,000 employees, a market cap of more than $24 billion. Less than 10 years later, Kodak goes bankrupt. They invented the digital camera. You've got a digital camera right back there. They go bankrupt. And the same time that Kodak goes bankrupt in 1998, 13 passionate, committed souls in Silicon Valley take the same idea and come up with Instagram, market cap of $6 billion. Passionate, committed mind can't be defeated. So what makes the passionate, committed mind? Look, damn it, a burning desire. We got 50 million different desires. I got a different desire. Now, well, it's about time for me to trade my Lexus in, go get another car. My wife wants a complete makeover on that. I've got 50 million different desires. But there's a big difference between a desire and a burning desire. What's a burning desire? A burning desire is an inner candle. It's an inner flame that cannot be extinguished. And though the worst may go before you, doubters may come, critics may come, naysayers may come, non-believers, underachievers, they will laugh, they will ridicule, they will scoff, and what will you do? You will use their cynicism, you will use their doubt to propel you forward. It can't be defeated. Number two, they were inner-directed versus outer-directed. In other words, they weren't so quick to believe well-meaning friends or family members who said, you can't do this, you can't do that. They walked to a beat of a different drummer. As Henry David Thoreau said, don't die with your music left in you. Now, when I was in college as an undergrad, what did my frat brothers call me? They called me the professor. I wanted to teach. I knew I was going to be a college professor one way or another. They called me for, I always had a book under my arm. Oh, where's Kimbrough? He's in the library. He's in lab. He's always reading something. They, I, I was like the walking ghoul there. Well, he knows. Blah, blah, blah. Why? I was so inquisitive. I was inner-directed versus outer-directed. Every time, you know, I, 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 was, I was bent on the world. What would the old rappers say? Too short. It's been way too long. Time for the world to play your song. Well, every time that I step in my classroom, I'm playing my song. This is my music. You are blessed to live in a country that will reward that. Why? We live in a country that rewards differentiation. Capitalism is not a dirty word. Capitalism means that everything is for sale. That's all it means. You take the word capitalism and write it on a piece of paper. C-A-P-I-T-A-L-I-S-M. Take the Latin derivative of the word capitalism. Caput, C-A-P-U-T. Well, what does caput mean in Latin? It means head. What's the one thing you must use in order to survive in a free and open society? Your head. We don't live in a society that's divided between rich versus poor, black versus white, liberal conservative, Republican Democrat, male versus female, have versus have not, no. But we do live in a society 
that is divided between dreamer versus non-dreamer. And people get in trouble in life not because they wanted too much. You'll get in trouble in life because you settled for too little. Inner-directed versus outer-directed. So what do we know about leadership? Two requirements of leadership. Number one, the price of leadership is always loneliness. When you're in charge of your life, you're a leader. The worst mistake you can ever make in life is to think that somebody else signed your paycheck. Now, a month ago, I was out in the Bay Area. Merritt College brought me in. It was the 51st anniversary of the creation of the Black Panthers. And we started talking about social economic systems. And they were asking me, you know, you still got folks leaning on socialism. You got folks running away with utopia. You got folks criticizing capitalism and everything. And I said, the best system for you is the system that allows you to take full responsibility for your life. Full responsibility of your life. What did Martin Luther King say? Martin Luther King said, your life is officially over the day you begin to talk about, think about, discuss everything that doesn't matter. Now, I spoke to a a bunch of high schoolers before we left yesterday, and I told them, I said, when Mark Zuckerberg came out with Facebook, when Chad Hurley came out with YouTube, when Reed Hoffman came out with LinkedIn, when Kevin Sinstrom came out with Instagram, when Jack Dorsey came out with Twitter, They came out with those social media platforms hoping that somebody in your generation, millennials, will get excited, use it, and there's a little girl in Johannesburg, find a way to get her a school uniform so she'll be allowed in class. When they came out with those social media platforms, they thought that somebody in your generation would use it so somebody in Bangladesh could have adequate drinking water and survive another day. But the one thing they didn't come up with those social media platforms for you to get online and gossip. You're repeating the trend again. And that's not me, that's Harriet Tubman. What did Harriet Tubman say? A journalist ran up to her in her later years and Ms. Tubman, I want to write an article, I want to chronicle your achievements. She waved them off. There's no need to write an article about me. Yes, it's true. I did lead 860 slaves to freedom. But I could have freed thousands more had they only known they were slaves. So what are you a slave to? Be inner-directed versus outer-directed. The price of leadership is always loneliness. And number two, you can never be concerned what other people think, say, or do. You can't. You can't. You can't. Where the hell ideas come from? An idea comes from your creator knocking on your subconscious, asking you, do you want more out of life? God can only do for you what you allow him to do through you. He's the electricity, but baby girl, you're the lamp. When are you going to cut the light switch on? And you can play around with this all you want if you live the normal life. Put male and female together. Normal life, 77 years on earth. Do the calculus. That equates to 30,000 days on earth. Baby girl, that's all you get. Time is not running out, but your life is. So here's the entrepreneurial question, Dr. Kimbrough. <laughs> what are you going to do with the rest of life you have left? I'm just curious. You got the keys of the car. Where are you driving? Number three, they dedicate themselves to lifelong learning. And it is so fortuitous we are in a library. Everybody at Clark Atlanta knows my classroom. Well, I got a sign on my door, right by my door. That reads, if you don't want to work hard, you don't belong here. And if you don't want to lead, under no circumstances, walk through my door. Then, if you got the guts, if you got the power, you got the courage, you got the temerity to walk in my class, you take five steps, 
And there's another sign on the wall that reads mediocrity is not the standard in this class. Now, you can be mediocre someplace else, but you can't be mediocre here. Well, I got another sign. I got a third sign in that classroom that reads, if you don't read, if you don't study, if you don't grow, if you don't develop, if you don't go to the seminars, if you don't go to the conferences, if you don't take good notes, somebody out in the universe will. And the day you meet that other person, guess what? You lose. I tell my students all the time, fall in love with your English teacher. Fall in love with your librarian. Because what I found out in my research, forget all the interviews that I had. All you got to do is look at my fifth book, a seven-year study on black millionaires. I had six focus groups around the country. If you were an African-American and you weren't seven figures, really no need for us to talk. And what did I find out about these men and women? All avid readers. I remember I had a focus group one time. This guy was worth $40 million. I said, how in the world did you build your business? He said, simple. I said, what? How did you do it? He said, I outraged the other guy. <laughs> so what do we know? There's a, you ask any sociologist, psychologist, and they will tell you about E to E ratio. What in the world is E to E ratio? It is education to entertainment. What is the ratio? Well, the average American, the E to E ratio is 50 to 1. In other words, for every one dollar that they spend in education, you know, educating the inside of the head, they'll spend $50 on entertainment. Going to the club, having a few drinks, playing video games, kicking it, hitting the streets with their boo, no problem. You know what it is in the black community? It's 200 to one. Do you hear what I said, black America? I said it's 200 to one. So you know what that tells me as a college professor? That tells me that you are serious. That tells me you are dead serious. That tells me you are so serious about not being serious. 200 to one. The bigger the house, the bigger the house, the more personal books to have in the personal library. The smaller the house, the bigger the flat screen TV. Mm -hmm. 